Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first overcome our internal self by focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. This podcast offers inspiration, strength, and hope through the tools of recovery, spirituality, and positive psychology. I started recoveryoursoul.net after having profound changes in my life in my recovery from alcoholism and control addiction. I was guided to share these tools with others through this podcast and personal coaching. Personal recovery does not need an addiction to use the tools and principles to better our lives and transform just the desire to make positive changes and grow. As an ordained minister, I continue to study and deepen my relationship with the spiritual principles that have brought me peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. I know that together we can do the work that will recover your soul. Welcome back to Recover Your Soul. I'm so glad that you're here today. So I was just on Instagram. I know that many of you are on Instagram and I was just scrolling through some stuff and I saw it, it was actually an advertisement and it said that we think 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day and 80% of those thoughts are negative. 80% of those thoughts are negative. And I've been thinking a lot lately about why do we even have negative thoughts? Where does this come from that if we are truly created in this source of love, why is it that there's this part of us that leans towards the negative? And so just to see quickly that statistic of 80% of what we think is negative. And then it went on to say that 98% of what we think we ruminated on yesterday. Those are the same thoughts that we were contemplating and thinking about and worrying about yesterday. So if you compound those numbers, you just start to realize that we're kind of just repeating this never ending thought cycle of negativity. And as I think about soul recovery, and I think about this journey that I personally have been on, I can see that. And I can see how clearly it is easy to move into negative thoughts and how those can multiply. And as I've started doing the soul recovery work and metaphysics and the really looking at my brain and really looking at how we as human beings are and the power that we have 
to connect with source and the power that we have to create the life that we want. That our thinking has power. That our life is what we think and feel and believe it is. And yet we think and feel and believe 80% negative stuff. So what do you think comes around to us is the negative stuff. And then we wonder why is all this negative stuff happening to me? Why don't I catch a break? Why am I unhappy? Because I always think that I'm going to be unhappy and then I'm unhappy. So these negative thoughts that we have, we don't even really realize that that's happening. I had to laugh at myself because when it said that you have 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts, I definitely thought I am on that lower end of thoughts. And I know so many people that are, that are so smart, you know, they're just so smart and they think so much. And I, as I've said before, I am just a simple, simple person. My brain is pretty simple. I think pretty simply, I don't have big words, I don't have big thoughts. But I know that I, in those percentages, can still lean towards that negative thinking. You know, for the 10 years that I worked prior to being in the spiritual world, I was the office manager for a private pay skilled home care agency. And When I was at that agency, almost right away, I had this ability to be in contact with the potential clients' families, whether it was a spouse or a kid, you know, the kids calling in, and you got to know those families pretty well. And being in the office, I had a lot of contact with with the caregivers. So I also had this ability to really kind of hear what was going on even more with the families and have that kind of connection with the family and with the caregivers. And even though I wasn't in the homes with the clients, I got a pretty good sense of who those people were and, and how their structures of their minds might work. And I was really interested and surprised at how later in life, so we had clients generally in their 80s and 90s, and some of those clients were just about as cheerful as you could be. And they had been people who had gone through whole lifetimes, including some of them were World War II, you know, survivors of living through all of the World War II, either as survivors of the atrocities or combat or having had their loved ones go away or loss or all the things that came from that war. And they had these great attitudes. And then there were other people who came in who had really, really tough tough attitudes that their families were just so kind of heartbroken that that this person and their family just couldn't see anything positive. And then you had dementia and memory clients, where you could kind of maybe get an idea that what had been of their psyche of their personality, that is what stayed. And as I watch shows about our neurons and how our brains work, it's just so obvious that our neurons are like roads. Our neurons are like the paths that we travel. 
And so you're setting up these firings of these neurons to either be connected and well-fired and well-traveled, or you're leaving these other ones out. So which ones do you want to fire? Which roads do you want to be the most traveled? And so I, in that moment, those first moments of really realizing, and back then I was in my 40s, so I thought, oh my gosh, I have this real opportunity to really look at my thinking because I want the neurons, they're the most traveled, those most fired ones, the ones that stay. If the other ones start to fall away, I want the ones that are going to be the the strongest ones to be cheerful ones, to be happy ones. And that has stuck with me all these years. And even though I was in darkness, and even though I had alcoholism, and even though I was still trying to take control, and even though I was discontent, and even though I still hadn't really found happiness, I knew that it was a choice that I was making. That those thoughts that I think have power in my life. And so because I think I had awareness of it, it's been easier to really grasp that as I've moved further and further on into my soul recovery work. So how do we start to recognize that? How do we start to just kind of look at our day and say, I don't even know what I'm thinking, but I know that there's negative. I know that there's positive. There's the mindfulness practice of just being aware observing yourself as if you're watching somebody else. And when you're sitting, if you're anything like me, those 12 to 60,000 thoughts are running through my mind, even when I'm trying to practice my mindfulness meditation. They're slowing down in that meditation, but they haven't gone away. And it's interesting how I could be doing something like scrolling through Instagram And I'm looking at all this stuff, but back there in my mind, my mind is spinning, spinning, spinning all this information. Some of it's positive and some of it's negative. But if I observe it, if I just look at it, if I just see it, then I can begin to see where those negative thoughts are. And if I really believe, as I do, that I create what comes back to me, that As I am thinking, the world is always working out for me, that everything's working out for me, that I am loved, that I am supported, that I am seen, that I am abundant, that I am happy, that I am connected. Those are the things that come back to me. But when I see that I'm not enough, that I'm lacking, that I'm stupid, that nothing ever works out for me. I can clearly see that that's what comes back to me. So let's take a look at that. Let's really start looking at this moment where you can look at your life and say, do I want to take responsibility for my thoughts? Can I look at the potential that 80% of what I think is negative? And then the even bigger question, why? Am I spending 98% of those thoughts on what already happened in my life? Those ruminating thoughts, those things that we come back to, we cycle over and over and over again, that are often those negative thoughts. 
And if we go back in your life and you can choose that you're going to really feel, feel in the depths of your heart, those joyful things that happened in your heart, those joyful things that happened in your life, those moments in your life where you were exuberant and happy and full. But it's like we let those ones slip out the side. Those are the neuron paths that start to deplete because we're too busy holding on to all the hurtful stuff. That if we had a relationship in our life and that relationship had both heartache and love and joy, when we're talking about that relationship to somebody else, we very rarely start talking about how great it was and all the great things that happened on that relationship. What we generally talk about is all the hurt that happened all the tragedy that happened, all the wounding that happened. And every time we're talking about that wounding, what we're doing is we're digging that trough of the wound even deeper. That we're telling that story and we're making that part of the story stronger. And that ruminating actually creates the energy to bring more of whatever that wounding was to you. And that can be really not great to think about. That can be something that I know that people come to me and say, I had really bad things happen to me. How am I supposed to let that go? How am I supposed to let that go when I was assaulted or I had bad things happen or people were wronged me? And the truth is that happened and it was awful. And there's no discounting the amount of suffering that we go through. And I never, ever, ever want to discount the amount of pain and suffering that people go through. But what I want to say is that ruminating that negative thought pattern, those decisions to continue to replay the tape, those are the choices that you make in your thinking every day. And it isn't about burying it. It's not about taking those feelings and saying, I'm not going to feel those feelings. Because the truth is we're afraid to actually go in and feel the feelings. So we don't actually feel the feelings. We just feel the discomfort and the agitation of being afraid to feel the feelings. Instead of allowing ourselves to be in a safe place with potentially somebody who can help you work it through to deeply, deeply, deeply touch and taste and feel those feelings so that you can let it go. And move to the place where you're filling those memories, those places where you're replaying a tape with the positive things that happened in your life. Because when you fill yourself with the positive feelings, more positive stuff comes to you. And feelings, feelings are the seeds of manifestation. When we feel like we want something, we get very hooked on, this is the job that I want. This is the man that I want. This is the house that I want. This is the material item that I want. And the truth is the material items are actually a representation of how we think they're going to make us feel. That a relationship is going to make us feel complete. That a job is going to make us feel valued that a nice house is going to make us feel secure. And those are actually positive things to have. There's nothing wrong with that even at all. But we forget to really concentrate on those positive thoughts. 
those healthy feelings. And when we can seed ourselves with those feelings, it's like you're planting a plant in the ground. And that seed that you put in, that zinnia seed, or that marigold seed, or that tomato seed, whatever it is that you're putting in the ground, knows that it's a tomato seed because you can taste when you plant it, you can feel that feeling of joy of cutting into and tasting that sweetness, that little bit of bitterness that you get when you have a tomato. We don't just throw a seed in the ground and say, well, I'm not sure what I'm going to get. We know when we plant that seed that we have to wait, that we have to be patient, that you have to foster it, that you have to fertilize it, that you have to water it, that it needs sunshine, it needs good soil, it needs good thoughts. And eventually it starts to grow and eventually it starts to bear fruit. And eventually you're in your kitchen cutting this beautiful, juicy tomato. But we don't think of our lives like that. We don't even begin to think of our lives like that because we're so caught up in being frustrated and thinking the negative thoughts and the things that we're lacking and the things that we didn't get enough of, that we didn't have given to us, how people haven't showed up for us, how we've been misused, how no one pays attention how we're not as good as somebody else, how we're, our bodies aren't right, how our minds aren't right, how we don't make enough money, we don't have enough. Not enough. Not enough. It's not enough. And then we find evidence of that by going back and thinking of all the times that we didn't have enough. And every time we do that, we're planting the seed that isn't the tomato. We're planting a seed of a weed. And, and then we wonder why the weed comes up. Well, the weed came up because that's the seed you planted. These things, this, this ability to look at our thoughts, to notice, to be mindful, to really, 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 beyond anything else, make a choice to choose the positive. Not to be Pollyanna, not to bury your head in the sand, not to pretend and be in denial that nothing bad is going on, but to move your attention to a place that is on a positive string instead of a negative string. To try to see the places where there's light in the cracks where all you can see is darkness. And as we know, the more that you see the light, the more that you think positive thoughts, you are actually changing your brain structure. You are actually physically changing your brain. And so when people say, I've ha- I have mental illness or I have depression, I have depression. I-, I get it. I have been in darkness. I have been on on and off medication my entire adult life. I think that's one of the things that I can't stand here and give you reasons why you should do better in your life when I haven't had the hardship. I've had the hardship. I've had that darkness. But I've made a choice. Somewhere in it, I decided that I wanted a different life, that soul recovery was important to me, and that I personally could decide if I'm going to play that tape in the back of my mind, that's the 98% of what you've already thought, the feelings and thoughts that you've already had, is that going to be negative or is that going to be positive? And so when I choose to, I 
do better. I do better thinking about the positive things in my life. And I can go back and I can choose out of millions of memories, millions of moments in our lives that we've had. And the more that I see the sweetness, the more that I touch and taste the beauty of the things that happened, the more that I see how lovely certain situations were, even when there was a day that had hardship and happiness, I'm going to pick the happiness. I'm finding evidence in my own life that it is bringing more and more positivity to me that more and more lightness and love is happening, that it's easier every single time to have my brain move on that positive level, that the negative tape is quieting, that that darkness is lessening. And my thought process has more potential to move into a space of light and gratitude and thanksgiving and seeing the good in every situation even when it doesn't seem like it's a good situation. Letting go, trusting, surrendering. And we get to pick as these beings who have control of only ourselves, if we're going to let those negative thoughts be the energy that brings that energy back to us, and if those are going to be the neuron paths that stay the strongest. And I encourage you beyond anything to start to just observe that and think about it and, and be mindful of it. Have a little journal. Maybe at the end of the day, you give yourself a quick little check-in of how you did. How is your thinking going? Were you able to make that switch? Are you able, I call it a pivot, to kind of take that pivot to be in that place where it feels negative and you're in a deep negative thought and to turn it over. And just recognize it. Just say, wow, I'm thinking some negative thoughts. And then just breathe, say a prayer, turn it over to your higher power and replace it with something positive. It isn't easy. It's not an overnight switch. Slow and steady, slow and steady, just like everything in soul recovery, one day at a time. Can I think more positively today? I know that when I am 80 or 90 years old, I want to be one of those people that is just eternally happy and grateful. And I know you want that too. So let's do this work together. Let's work on our positivity. Until next time. Namaste. Thank you for listening. And I hope this episode offers you tools, guidance, and inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. For more information, please visit the website, recoveryoursoul.net. There you can find out more about Rev. Rachel, book coaching or spiritual counseling sessions, read the blog, listen to music, connect to social media, as well as subscribe to receive email updates. We thank you for supporting the production of this podcast by donating on the homepage. And by following, subscribing, and reviewing this podcast, you're helping to spread the Recover Your Soul message. We hope that you'll follow us on Instagram and Facebook and join the private Facebook group to become part of this transformational community.
The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.